0: For years, what happened with me was I kept watching, like, kids die. And, and I know it's not my fault. But there is this thing where, like, I'm running to these meetings, to these lunches, to people who are, they don't even have a thought about the context that I'm in. Or what, like, Nehemiah, like, who my heart is actually crying for. Like, mm-hmm. our, our walls broke down. You want me to come over to the palace and kick it with you? Mm-hmm. And I'm not mad at you about it because that's what rocks for your context. But like, you don't realize what's being lost when I leave out of it or whatever and stuff. And so over time, just to protect it, you end up starting to having to like put a little bit of a chip on your shoulder about it. And it's not looking to condemn anybody else for what they're doing. It's just that I can't give you my time to do it because yo, know, me being in the space, me being around for a conversation with a young man who's gonna go kill somebody. Is important mm-hmm. because I've literally stopped people from going to kill somebody, right? Yeah. Like, and like, so it's like you start to like, like, our value here that, like, not because we just like, a, it ain't no ego thing on our part. God saved us to stand in this space. Gotta
1: tell the story, doc. Yo, I can't even lie, y'all showed out on the interview with Pastor Jay, and I told you that if we got a certain number of likes, a certain number of views, that we would drop part two. I'm a little bit late on putting it out, but I want y'all to enjoy the second half of this interview. Now, make sure you watch the whole thing, because Pastor Jay's going to talk about the Ville Church, the church plan that he gets to pastor, and he also talks about the connection from the Ville Church to Straight and Narrow, the street brand that he started himself and one that that actually kind of pushed him into pastoral ministry. So I'm about to drop the interview right now. You use uh man, you use a great example, man, Nehemiah. Yeah. Um because a lot of times people use that example thinking about church planting. Mm-hmm. But if you re if you really really study Nehemiah, you know that Nehemiah and Ezra go together. Yeah. Like it's one book really, mm-hmm. and we've divided it into two books for, you know, canonical reasons or whatever. But one thing I like about Nehemiah is it, it starts with this deep, um, like this deep pain, really. Yeah. Um, he has sorrow because he's called to these people in this context. He sees the context and how how it's basically falling apart, like mm-hmm. it, it's a broken, what they call it, a broken community or yeah. whatever. Um, but if you read to the end of Nehemiah, mm. the people are still struggling, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> like, you would think the better story would be Nehemiah's heartbroken about what's going on. He goes to the city to rebuild the walls and at the end of the book everybody turns to to Yahweh yeah. and, and worships him. Yeah. And that's not the end of the story. Yeah, nah. Like the end of the story shows that he's frustrated. He's still frustrated with the amount of work that he has to like do yeah. to serve this area, but some people have turned back. Yeah. And he did what God called him to do, yeah, yeah. which is like one of the most important parts of yeah. that, like, would you fit? Would you, how would you describe that frustration? Because I feel like all of us have had that frustration where it's like, I love this area, I'll never leave
0: it. You know, this is where I know I'm called, but yet it's hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most, I, I mean, I identify with it in a deep manner, right? So, like, you know, um, like even with my counselor that I see, my counselor, he he he'll he'll say, Jay you have a very, very deep sadness that mm. sits in your soul. And it's and I do. Yeah. I have a crazy joy and hope in, in, in the Lord too. I look at the promises of God and I'm like, man, yo, one day he he he's it's what made like, okay, he gonna he gonna fix this thing. Yeah. But the journey that God has put me on puts me so up close to hurt. And you do serve people. You do sit and mentor kids and then watch them go get 25 years. Yeah. I sat with a kid not too long ago, watched him get 25 years that I sat and mentored and then had to go back and go to court with them a week later. Cause his 17 year old brother that was sitting with me in court had got murdered that week and go deliver that message. So it's like you, you can't get drunk off the work thinking you killing something. Cause you never feel like you're winning. You always yeah. feel like you had a deficit, but nevertheless, you feel called. Yeah, um, ain't gonna save everybody at all. But like you, you have to realize like you have no idea how many generations you're affecting mm-hmm. with just one person that you deal with. And I think about it like that. I'm like, I don't know what God has for the story. Yeah, of this kid. Like I got saved on the way to go murder s- somebody. I didn't wait. Have- wait. Say that again. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I had some beef in the street. I caught a bad one. Yeah. My pride, we couldn't deal with it. And so I started setting up on Cat to go kill him. In the meantime, my girlfriend, which is my wife now, started taking me to church. And I loved what I was hearing. Mm-hmm. I still didn't care, though. I was like, I ain't, that's. it's made, like, I hear you, God. sound sound like he's really dope. But this brother got to die. That's yeah. how it was <laughs> in my mind. And God, I don't, it horrifies me, but he ended up, save it. like he overpowered me like it's yeah. by, it was simply by grace i didn't have a good heart and want to turn and do none of that he saved me from that i never wanted to be a preacher but mm. the gospel is so amazing and so and and does so much with the wretchedness of the soul it it takes the weak and come and, and confounds it with you know what i'm saying i can't do nothing but talk about them yeah i can't contain it, it ain't that I want to be somebody's preacher or whatever this and that but it's, it, it is what it actually is. And so now I got 10 babies or whatever that they're growing up with a father that's living this lifestyle instead of sitting in a prison cell or dead or whatever this and that. Yeah. Like, God has a plan that is beyond our comprehension. And faith compels us to keep moving forward despite what it actually looks like. But but here's the thing. And because we believe the scriptures, despite what it looks like, we still know the outcome.
1: Oh, man. Like,
0: the like. More than being more than conquerors is not about us winning every single thing we touch. It's that God has ultimately won everything on our behalf. Yeah, for real. And so, ain't nothing gonna be wasted for us. Period.
1: Nah, that's dope, bro. Yeah, you up. you hear you hear so many things. We could be here for like another two hours. All that, but man, you legitimately had like a Paul moment. Like you was just like knocked off your horse, and
0: yes, bro. I ain't, look, man, I ain't got nowhere else to go. Yeah, I don't want nowhere else to go.
1: And I like the fact that you said, man, um, you never really dreamed of being a preacher. Nah. It was just like, yo, this is a necessity. Yeah, bro. We know a lot of dudes who are doing this. In that, almost all of their story, like yeah. I, I feel like more often than not, guys who are serving in an urban context specifically it's not that they like desperately wanted to be a pastor or a church planner or a preacher. It's that it was like, yo, this Nehemiah, like, yo, I, if I don't go, who going to go? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like we had that conversation yeah. before.
0: Like, if, I ain't trying to be nobody hero, but like, but guys, it, like God puts this thing in your soul and you like, I got to go do something.
1: Yeah. I love that. I love that. So man, we talked about the NFT space and, and your work. Um, in non-profit, and I, man, I believe that even though it's a non-profit that you sit on the board of uh, with EVAC, um, y'all look EVAC up, by the way. Um,
0: EVACmovement.com.
1: EVACmovement.com. Yeah. So you serve in that space, and I still look at you as serving as a pastor, even in that space, because... <laughs> you know, the word pastor, we we related to teacher and all that type of stuff. But man, it's really about you being a shepherd and you're shepherding these guys. You're making deep connections with these guys. But you talked about EVAD. You talked kind of a lot about ministry in general. Man, let's talk a little bit more specifically about um, the Ville Church, yeah. how the Ville Church came about, and uh, man, the role that you, you play in it right
0: now, and what you think is going to
1: happen for the future.
0: Yeah, yeah, so 2011, uh, excuse me, 2010, I started a clothing brand called Straight and Narrow. Um, it grew fairly quick or whatever, like it's you know, very much centered in Christian hip-hop and everything else. Mm-hmm. 2011, I opened up a retail store, and I had that from 2011 to 2014 on Lower Street in Jacksonville, Florida, in the heart of our downtown Amazing season, amazing time. It was brick and mortar, dope boutique style. Um, did Bible studies in it, all kind of just it it, it. it I really I met everybody in the city. Like it was a brother owning a boutique on the main strip, <laughs> you know. So I knew everybody, or whatever. Which is how
1: like most of us know
0: you yeah, from yeah. straight and era, yeah, yeah. like from yeah. that era. Yeah, and so I always loved fashion when I was a kid. So you know, I did you know I did that whatever and stuff. And then I met this young man, my man, uh, my man. His name is Matt Jensen, but Matt was from Mars Hill Church in Seattle. Never, I didn't even know what Mars Hill was or whatever. He just walked in my church, in my store one day, yeah. and he said, "Yo," he said I'm from Mars Hill, I'm, I'm, and he said, "I'm coming here to possibly play in the church." And he's like, "I think you're the other piece to it," and I was like, "Man, somebody don't get this white boy man." I was like, <laughs> "I ain't the other piece to nothing, bro." Like. You know, like, I was yeah. I was slightly offended. Like, I was like, I don't know you, dog. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, that kind of thing. It makes me sick. I still tell Matt to this day, I'm like, I'm so mad that you was right, dog.
1: <laughs> Shout out to Matt, by, by the way. I don't yeah. know if he'll see this, yeah,
0: but... Yeah. yeah, man. And so, I ended up riding around with him talking through the church plan. But I was like, bro, I ain't about to be involved. Like, mm. but I'm, I'm going through a church, like, you know, where it should be, all of this stuff for a church that I'm one day gonna, you know, gonna actually lead. And so... 2014, um, he started it somewhere in between my, probably around 2012, something like that or whatever. And, um, and you know, I started attending the church. I was really grieved with my old church or whatever, like, like a lot of theology, a lot of the racist stuff I saw with it. Um, I wasn't really keen with definitely follow, following another white leader or whatever. Me and Matt just connected. It was undeniable. Mm. I knew God was doing something there. And so I started going to the church. And it's really this preaching that really did it. And then um, he probably asked me about seven or eight times to jump on staff. I was like, "Nah, I ain't doing it. told him no every time. And then um, I ended up, I was working with an artist with my man Uncle Reese. Mm -hmm. And we ended up in, uh, he worked in the store at one time. And so we ended up, I ended up uh, producing his first album. And that led to Sony Records giving us a deal. It's my third time having a record label and finally made it up there. And Mm -hmm. I'm up at Sony and I could hear God clear as day like, Homie, you ain't taking this trip. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm about to get to the bag. Lord, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, hey, just to just to stop, like, this is the time where CHH is like in yeah. its prime. Yeah. Like, yeah. so, and I remember, I remember Uncle Reese in that ascent during that time. Yeah. And the single we had was hard. Yeah, like, it was playing top top everywhere. Top, yeah, yeah. It's
0: still playing. Yeah, I directed you know. the whole video with my man, uh, my man Juice uh Wilbur Thomas. From Space Cherry Films and Juices, man, his brother's the most amazing, talented dude ever. And Reese was just, you know, he, he was a homeboy. He worked in the store, mm-hmm. but the, the he just had it, like yeah. period. He used to perform in front of the store, like when we have our little festivals, like 10,000 people in the street, and the whole crowd would just stop. He just yeah. was ferocious on stage. He's like, full
1: of energy. Yeah. Yeah enthusiastic yep. Yep. and he gets you to his place where you are creating a new opportunity. Like you have yeah. a new opportunity in front yeah, of yeah, you yeah. Yep. and you feel like the Lord just like,
0: well, I already know I'm, I'm, I'm torn. I'm almost a little bit bitter, but like I hear God calling me. Like yeah. I, like I heard ministry calling me while I was there or whatever. It was already talking to me, but like, but when I used to be in the store, then my friends used to, this is literally, they used to say this. They'd be like, yo, Jay, they'd be like, Jay, you're a pastor, bro. It's like, nah, bro, I'm a businessman. Like, yeah. that's how I like to fancy myself the way I thought of myself. And they was like, bro, you lock customers out the door <laughs> to pray and lay hands on people, bro. Like, yeah. businessmen chase no. the money. You're, exactly. not, you're not that as much as you think, bro. You care more about souls. Yeah. And it would get to the point where, like, I would have parents sometimes, they would just hear about me and they would bring their kids. So I had this couch in the room. They right it they i have them sitting in line like a like a like the doctors I'm like yo just sit there I'll get to you in a minute and I'm trying to run the store or whatever yeah. and and so it it was overtaking me in ways that you know I couldn't even front on or whatever so anyway when I came back I closed the store in uh, October of 2014 November uh, next month or whatever I was on staff yeah. And then in 2016, Matt ended up leaving, and um, and then they uh, elected me to be the lead pastor. I changed the name of the church from the Image Church to the Ville Church. Yeah. Um, and so, and we've been been rocking ever since.
1: And it's the Ville Church, because y'all are in Jacksonville. Yeah, most definitely. And when you're from Jacksonville, you live in Jacksonville. Yeah.
0: That's what you hear. You know, yeah. you hear Duval, you hear DeVille, Deville. you know, yeah. all of that. So you, I didn't want no churchy name. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I just like, matter of fact, when we had the Image Church... We we're across from a homeless shelter, and the cats at the homeless shelter used to, like, they used to come over because we have cookouts all the time. They was like, yeah, the cats over there be, like, grumbling about the church name because they, like, your image be, like, what they, you know what I'm saying? Like, and then the white people in our church or whatever, because you got me coming from the street, yeah. Matt over here. Like, we was super diverse, and, the you know, all the white people was like, yeah, you know, made in the image of God. All The black people in the street was like, nah, B images, man, that's a false idol image, whatever. <laughs> so I was like, yo, I'm changing this name ASAP, like, you're killing our street cred right now, yeah, like. man. So I switched that it was, to jail. hey,
1: that was one of the dopest things I, I remember, uh, because I hadn't planted yet, I hadn't even started planting. Uh no, I think we had started, but um, I just remember when y'all changed the name, and yeah. I was like, bro, that fits that, yeah. that's it. Um, because man, a lot of cats, man, they get into like stuff they see in the Bible or, you know, stuff that's like super duper traditional. Yeah. But it's not stuff that fits their city. Yeah. And when I saw that, I was like, bro, that's like one of the hardest, that's one of the hardest like church names I've ever seen. It, you know, and, and what's crazy is the the branding yeah. is what really put it
0: over the side with, yeah. with yeah. a lot of people. No, bro, I, I appreciate that. You know, some of the thinking of it is this right here too. This is what I mean, like, the streets sanctify you. Yeah. we You 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 take your foot out the streets. You start getting real churchy and weird, mm-hmm. right? Um, cats or whatever, like, you know, no disrespect to, like, our elders or whatever because for their season and for their culture at work. But, like, there ain't no young cats in the street messing with, you know what I'm saying?
1: Mount Mission, Missionary <laughs> Baptist. <laughs>
0: Macedonians. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going
1: to blank out these names, by the way. Yeah, yeah, like, you know
0: what I'm saying? Like, all, like, you know, like, the the the... They don't understand what in the world that is. When you're, like, immersed in church culture, you get it. Yeah. But, like, the thing is, we didn't got to a place where we're actually only living to market to other Christians. And we, and our numbers show it. Yeah. All people get is transfer, transfer growth. Transfer growth. Somebody comes with a new, awesome business plan, and everybody runs from all the other churches and join it or whatever. But, like, I'm like, I need to make sure a cat in the street. So, like, I wanted to give, like, even with our stickers, people who aren't believers walk they they you you look on you may look on a magazine in our city and see somebody rocking one of our ville t shirts. Mm-hmm. Duval rules everything around me. Like they get that joint, whatever you know what I'm saying. Or the ville, they trying to represent the city. I'm like, right. yo, we here and we celebrating the city too. We matter of fact, we love it so much. We want to see the gospel in it. So I wanted I want to do something that connected. And I try to I try to fight. Um, just like I'm like I preach the gospel to believers mm-hmm. to encourage them to keep walking in the Lord. But I'm also preaching outside of the doors all the time. That's good. And that's and good. uh and I'm like, homie, y'all good, bro. We came to save the lost, my g. And that's good. And if you're man. a believer too, then you should be with me on saving the lost. So exactly. like, let's fashion everything like we're not trying to like just build some kind of organization. But how do we like for people who are looking for hope? How do we share the hope of Jesus, whatever? And that needs to be in their language.
1: Alright I had to stop the interview real quick To just remind you That Pastor J The EVAC movement And uh, Dream Crazy Jits Are dropping their new NFT this weekend on Juneteenth. If you're watching this after Juneteenth, that the NFT has already dropped. So all you gotta do is get whatever your wallet is, your virtual wallet. Make sure you got some ETH in there, and go to dreamcrazyjits.com to go ahead and purchase your NFT from Dream Crazy Jits. I think he said they have about 250 different designs of it. You can go check them all out at dreamcrazyjits.com. You can also follow them. At At Dream Crazy Jits And while you're doing it Follow Evac Movement The Ville Church And Pastor J Straight and Narrow All of those things Are right At the bottom In the description Back to the interview Hey I'm with you on that Bro I So I feel like I went too fast Cause I pushed you To the church route But Man just from our conversations I want Again It's tell the story man So I want people To hear this story uh, About the straight and Narrow story Yeah Cause you know just from our conversations that seems to be a period in your life and a period of ministry that was super important yeah super formative and in some kind of way uh just like a marker that you maybe sometime would want to run back to yeah
0: yeah yeah so mm-hmm. like how, yeah. what
1: was that like like i mean you kind of briefly mentioned it but like what was it like having that store and what type of things did you see Jesus do during that time
0: yeah you know um it was an amazing season in in my life. Not only that, in the life of our city, mm-hmm. like people to this day, they roll up to me. They're like, bro, that was the funnest time I've ever had in the city. Like we just, um, you know, it was a powerful thing to have a store. When I came in the store or whatever, I started like Bible study in the store on Wednesday nights. I maybe had like three or four people. By the time we finished that joint, people would be outside of the glass door, like leaning in mm-hmm. and it just was real and raw. And like at the time, God was at that time deconstructing and smacking the religiousness up out of me because, you know, we, 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 um, you know, when you kind of living in this religious church kind of bubble, you could pop down to the streets and have a couple of little slick little phrases, you know, rebuttals you can run with or whatever. But like the store sat me in the street every day and it was an injury to my pride. I had lost a lot of my street savvy. I'm just keeping it real. Mm -hmm. And so I found myself in my dressing room of my store praying often like, yo God, your boy been gone too long. Um, And I'm not this religious game. I've learned how to play in the church for so long does not work out here on the street at all. It actually is very unproductive and it's actually more fit to injure and hurt people. It is than it is for loving them. So one of the things God told me to do was learn how to shut up and stop trying to preach to everybody and just listen to people. Mm -hmm. And I became a really good listener. And the more I listened, the more people gathered. I listened to homeless people. Um, I got challenged in in very peculiar ways because um, homeless people would always pull up to my store and we feed them and we take care of them. Mm -hmm. And they'd be like, dad, y'all make me feel like I'm one of y'all. I don't got no home to go to or whatever. And they always could figure out a place to stay or go stay in the shelter. But then days came when it was freezing cold outside mm-hmm. and I'm closing up to go home, and now the question is this right here: Jay is this is this really your brother, or is this a game you play with him? Wow, Because if this is your brother, then he's sleeping inside of the store tonight with yeah. the heat on, yeah, or he's coming home with you, one or the other. So next thing you know. I'm opening up my store. I got people sleeping in my store. Yeah. I got people sleeping in the, in the basement downstairs on the couch or whatever. Um, and it didn't always go well. There's times we let people in there destroy the bathroom in it. Then I have to deal with the landlord and they'd be like, we know it was you. Cause I'm, I'm on a block with cats with the little teeth rocked up. Yeah, you know, yeah. all that. Was like <laughs> Anything went wrong. It was always my fault. Right. And whatnot. But, um, so, so, this is what I mean. It began to sanctify me like that. Yeah, I learned how to tell cats no because you know I, I I thought you were when you're kind and you're Christian you say yes to everything. Right. I learned how to set boundaries. I learned how to challenge cats or whatever. Like, you ask for money? But you' sitting with us every day. I'm at work, dog. Like, yeah. Like, you need to do something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like, it, like, okay, I'm. Let's let's sit down. We're gonna go through a process, or whatever, and we're gonna figure. You're gonna get one of my homeboys right now. My man or whatever, he walked by my store years ago. He was walking up the street praying, mm-hmm. young cat, asking for God to give him some food. And Reese walked out of the door, said, yo, homie, where you headed? He said, yo, he was walking up the street. said, yo, we, we just ordered a piece. You want some? Yeah. Dude came in the store, never left. We used to get his joint. We used to get his paycheck, go get a pair of sneakers, go pay your baby mama's this, whatever. Mm-hmm. That brother right now is the hardest working cat I've ever seen in my life. Yeah on his own, like, all his old pictures is machine guns, mask, <laughs> and he in church, he in a choir, whatever. So, like, learning how to walk the walk with people, you know what I mean? And he stumbled a million times. Some of my brothers, like, got rid of him because he was just a mess, like, you know what I'm saying? And so um, so that's that story, bro, it changed me.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. It, it, it changed me a lot whatever. It really... um it it really, really, it, it marks the way I roll as a believer till this day or whatever and stuff. Man. And one thing, it I, I didn't think of myself as a pastor then at all. Hmm. Um and I really was in a lot of ways kind of hurt from the church or whatever and stuff. And so, um, but over time, it, although it worked like for what I dreamed it to be, it worked better than I ever imagined. But it was really missing like being a church and the authority of a church. Yeah. That church has in people's lives or whatever maybe you could accomplish it but I didn't know what that even was and I end up leaving it and going to the church now I find myself trying to not get back to it but trying to bring the church back to what it was that's what what
1: man that's so interesting because uh, like that brings on another set of like I won't say problems but like challenges you know what I mean trying to like merge those two things Um, but you very much feel alive you know doing really doing both yeah but one is just kind of more familiar yeah. you know to you but i think what i heard in all of that is like man you've had to be a pastor to way more people than are on your membership role most definitely so like that's in that's kind of a reality to most guys in the urban context it's yeah. like you know i was telling my uh somebody the other day um that we have like thirty people on the road, but I'm probably a pastor to about seventy five hundred. Exactly, you yeah. know, because every day there are people out here that are asking questions and asking for prayer and yeah. all that type of stuff, yeah. and that's just a reality yeah. of what we do. And I think what people in other contexts don't realize is if we remove ourselves from these places, yeah. then we don't have the opportunity to pastor those people, to care for those people, or to see some of those people's lives changed. yeah, You know, so for a lot of people, it's not a good thing to like um, pull us out of these contexts. Yeah. You know, like I, it's, you might think it's a noble thing to get us an office across town or to like buy us a building somewhere else, or maybe not buy us a building because y'all ain't buying us buildings most of the time. But like, um, Come on You know But <laughs> but you know Like pulling us away From the area Instead of trying to figure out How we can maximize Being in the area Yeah You know yeah. what I mean Because yeah. We are We are like literally A pastor to the community And I think that's something That is very unique To many of us Yeah That like Other pastors And other contexts Might not have Yeah You know Can, um, I, can
0: I add to that Oh yeah for sure Like you You know You, you end up People like you know you end up, sometimes you end up in like a, in in church organizations or relationships where they don't understand and I think for years what happened with me was I kept watching like kids die and I, and I know it's not my fault but there is this thing where like I'm running to these meetings to these lunches to people who are they don't even have a thought about the context that I'm in or what. Like, Nehemiah, like, who my heart is actually crying for. Like, Mm -hmm. our walls broke down. You want me to come over to the palace and kick it with you? Mm -hmm. And I'm not mad at you about it because that's what rocks for your context. But, like, you don't realize what's being lost when I leave out of it or whatever and stuff. And so over time, just to protect it, you end up starting to having to, like, put a little bit of a chip on your shoulder about it. And it's not looking to condemn anybody else for what they're doing. It's just that I can't give you my time to do it because like I've had to it's not not our fault, like we can't save somebody's life, but but we're like, yo, me being in the space, me being around for a conversation with a young man who's gonna go kill somebody is important mm-hmm. because I've literally stopped people from going to kill somebody, right? Yeah. Like and like so it's like you start to like like our value here the like not cause we just like a it ain't no ego thing on our part. God saved us to stand in this space because yeah. people's lives are in the balance with what we preach, the encouragement. Even, I go everywhere with my family. I, I go to art uh, walks and festivals even without my wife with the kids, 10 deep. Mm-hmm. Because when I was a kid, I wanted to be a husband. I just didn't know what it looked like. Yeah, exactly. And none of my friends had fathers. I was like, I don't even know what it looked like though. Yeah. Like, what does it look like? And so I get people all the time. They'd be like, bro, that joint, it's crazy to me, like that. You and your wife walk around with ten babies, and y'all be <laughs> laughing, like yeah. y'all be at a football game together. Yeah, like you love your wife. That joint means something, and they may not understand it in their context. But I'm like, it means everything here. Like yeah. we're starving for it, and so we be having to we be having to protect that joint. And like then, and it, it, what's grievous is that some of these people, like some of the people I found out that I've had to separate myself from. I, I actually love them dearly. So mm-hmm. there is grief in my heart. They may think I just want some new stuff and got a chip, but I'm like, you won't slow down enough to understand and dignify the angle I'm coming from. Yeah. And, and this is what's on the line for me. So I got to keep it moving and grooving. It makes you know?
1: complete sense. Bro. Yeah. man, we probably going to talk for a lot, a lot more time, but, uh, I don't know how long people will listen. So we'll wrap up in a, in a few yeah. minutes, but man, one of the biggest reasons why, uh, why we wanted to do this podcast is because we do want to bring encouragement to young pastors, planters and maybe even not young but like people who are just trying to figure out the space a little bit more Um, so if you had to wrap up, if you had anything to tell the next guy like, what is that, um, especially as it might relate to your story, like, what would that be? What story would you share with that young person or that young guy? Yeah, yeah. Or, or like, for specifically planters? No, no, just, so like just anybody it, whatever. It can be for planters, yeah. but, like, but just for, for anybody who might, you know, might be thinking through, okay, what are my next steps? How do I, you know, live this thing out? Any of that.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, I would say, um, you know, n- number one, Keep your foot in the streets and around mm-hmm. real people. Um, and, you know, this feels weird to say, and I hate to say this or whatever. Be, be, be uh, learn how to um, um, chew the meat and spit out the bones yeah. when it comes to um, church, when it comes to just religious organizations and everything else. Like, I completely encourage people to find a really, really good church. Yeah. But always remember you're dealing with humans. Yeah. Yeah. You're dealing with humans or whatever. The pat your pastor's not, I'm not perfect at all, or whatever and stuff. Um, there's been a lot of things like I've tripped and there's trial and error. It's in the Bible too. Everybody we we talk about as heroes and everything else or whatever, and and they're a mess. We saved by grace. Mm-hmm. The story is not about us being perfect. We we serve God and 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 his son Jesus is the perfect sacrifice or whatever, and he's sanctifying us. So we're in the process. And a part of that process is what I would encourage people is that we get to actually repent yeah. and we bear fruit in our repentance. That's what I was saying earlier. That's what Paul is doing when he says, he says, yo, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me? And he mm-hmm. says, thanks be to Jesus. All in the same breath, I can I can be transparent about my shortcomings and I can actually be thanking Jesus because it's already dealt with by the time I even finish the sentence. Right. And so live in that space, lavish people with it. You look inside of Hebrews 5, you see the high priest or whatever. It says the high priest is able to give love to the wayward and to the lost because he has to go give a sacrifice for himself before he gives sacrifice for all the other people. In other words, he's very intimate with his sin because back in the day they had to tie a rope around his waist because if you went in the Holy of Holies playing with God, he get drug out. So you think about what it was to go before the God before God and the level of truthfulness he had to roll with, then think about the level of joy he rolled out with when he walked out. right It's the same for us. You get to walk go in and and, and God's mercy and grace covers you as you live in repentance. and when you walk out, that joint is done with for whatever you are clean because of Jesus' blood. Bible says you walk in his light or whatever. So if you say you don't got sin in your life, you walk in the light, then you'll have fellowship in the blood of Jesus. To take care of it. Live in that. Lavish other people with it. And God will guide and order your steps. You know what I mean? And if you find some good friends and homies and people along the way or whatever, stay close to them. Be encouraged. Learn how to be vulnerable in your life and tell the truth about what you feel, what you struggle with or whatever, because God is not here to condemn us. God is going to build you up. The more transparent you are, the faster you'll grow. Hide hide in your mess. It's gonna do nothing but stagnate your growth. You know what I mean? So. I love it. I love it. Hey, we got one. Yeah,
1: we got one. This probably won't be the last one because man, you right up the street. So yeah, yeah, we're coming back. And we right we now. connect. I can't wait to get back up to Jack's. It's been a minute since yeah. I've been up your way. So uh, and we gonna hang out a little bit in a, in about a month. Man, Jay is uh, a friend, but he's also a part of a group of guys that's come together recently to. Um, Man, we just want to relate to one another well as we are planting churches and serving our communities, man. So you can expect a lot more from us. Uh, we call, I won't even drop the name just yet, but yeah, hey, we got some stuff. I think all our cameras are shut off. but Did they just shut on? The people can hear us uh, <laughs> via the podcast. Check out uh, all of the content that that we're putting out um, also follow Jay. What's your handles on everything?
0: Yeah, Jay, uh, J-A-Y underscore S-T-R-G-H-T, uh, uh, um, A-N-D-N-R-R-W. So, <laughs> Jay, so Jay Straight and Arrow. So Jay underscore Straight and Arrow on uh, Instagram. Jay Harris on Facebook. Follow dreamcrazyjits.com, EvacMovement.com, all of that stuff, whatever. And e- follow Ville Church. Ville Church, The Ville Church. Website's church. Um, Second Mile uh, Ministries, another nonprofit I'm on the board for in Brentwood, doing amazing work. Follow them also. All
1: right. Yeah. I appreciate you, brother. Thanks for telling the story. All right. Thug Life. Love
0: y'all. The dream crazy to making That's how I got
1: change, got fame. Now I'm out copping my whole blockchains. My pain stuck in the NFT. See how art changed our brains. Now this is our lane and think Smelly pies with jelly jars of bacon soda, hard cane. Grew up in the trenches, the system pumped in the iron veins. Poison for my boys and my voice is now all the octane. Needed for my region to retreat up out of the dark cave. Duval, it's a
0: I dream Crazy.